Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, well, big surprise. Tres, what are you drinking? Uh, today, I'm changing it up again. I've got, well, it's another pucka, um, as always. Um, another pucka tea. It's turmeric active, an invigorating blend of finest organic turmeric, uh, ginger, and gangalan. Gal. <laughs> Today I am drinking just it's like just regular Chinese tea. It's a popular brand over here called Rickshaw. Oh, that's a nice name. It's the uh, Chinese or not the it's the Jasmine Jasmine tea. Oh yes, lovely. So it's very nice. And what face mask are you wearing? I have pretty basic origins. I think you know that brand. Clear Improvement Active Charcoal Mask to Clear Pores. It's just pretty basic bitch charcoal mask. I am using my Clinique Moisture Surge. It's not really a mask, is it? I just, like, I use it so often and my skin always looks, I don't know, it just looks good afterwards. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I got my mask on. Just got a little clay face going on. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. Trezzy, have mm-hmm. you heard about the grinder killer? Oh God, no! It sounds really scary. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of it no. before. So here we go. Okay. Do you know what grinder we're talking about? Um, I'm assuming the app. Yes. A little bit like what happens with Craigslist, unfortunately, happened. Grinder is a dating app. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about Grinder. Yeah. I've never been on it. I don't know. <laughs> I how have it works. seen the application. I don't I think I've just seen the app on the screen. I've never even seen it open. I've seen it open. It looks similar to Tinder. Again, I've just seen that on a screen. I, I've no experience. I, I would just assume that they work the same, you know. It's a not different like, audience. Yeah. Different it's a different pool. Yeah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's not really for looking for serious relationships i don't think so i don't it's i think it's a hookup i mean that's the reputation i think it has whether it, it was supposed to be that from the get-go i don't know and maybe some people do go on for something more but tinder is sort of like for sort of half hookups half dating mm-hmm. it's a bit of both yeah there's more serious ones like you know the plenty of fish yes. and over here we have like is it bagels and beans or coffee and bagels I don't <laughs> oh know. that's kind of cute yeah I can't remember what it's called but it's even more serious it's like you are looking to settle down he was not on beans and bagels or whatever it's called <laughs> it can't be beans and bagels <laughs> no I don't oh, what? coffee and bagels coffee and bagels make sense because it's like you're going on a little date you know I, th- it, I don't think it is. I think it's weird. Coffee, <laughs> um, bagels. Oh, it is. No, it is. Coffee meets coffee bagels. Meets oh, so cute. Do coffees and bagels go really well together or something? Do they, though? They're not synonymous with each other. It's like donuts and bagels, right? is it not? Right? Or donuts and coffee. <laughs> donuts, donuts and bagels, bagels just carb on carb. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Stephen Port. Okay. Born on the 22nd of February, Mm -hmm. 1975. Growing up, Stephen was described as being a loner. 
Mm. And he was often bullied at school. He came out as gay in his mid-twenties and he lived alone in a flat in Barking, London and worked as a chef at a stagecoach bus depot. Okay. Chef is never good. There's a lot of boiling emotions there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boiling, chopping, yeah. simmering, steaming. It's a, yeah, pressure cooker. His neighbour described him as having a peculiar childlike personality, hmm. exhibiting odd behaviour as a grown man, such as playing with children's toys. Okay. He would sit watching cartoons and visit children's shops alone oh, to no. buy himself toys. Oh, some of which were placed looking over his bed. Oh, was Zizi, was he um, deprived as a child of things like that, I wonder? I have not included his background. Yeah, his background, his upbringing is, ve- his upbringing is very yeah. normal. It was very, hmm. it was boring and I was like, no, yeah. this is not Sounds like there was a want, you know, a want. Yeah, there. I think that yeah. like, she, like the mom was like a teacher or something mm. and the dad was like a, bus driver so i'm not too sure okay. but it was so like it's, it's just him being weird then just like yeah he's just normal working class family mm-hmm. port joined left and rejoined various social networks sometimes using different names alongside his own picture or even creating entirely fictitious fictitious identities oh catfish vibes okay he's got an online persona thing going on here False claims about his background, including that he graduated from Oxford University and served in the Royal Navy. Oh, he's like Gatsby. He's like Gatsby. Claiming all the bravery. Quite right, old sport. Yeah. He used dating sites to seek out sexual encounters, particularly, particularly with youthful looking men, typically in their teens and early 20s, known as... Oh, yes, there is a word. Twinks. Uh, twigs? Okay. It was never twinks. Get that. Twinks. Oh, twinks. <laughs> twigs. Twinks. 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 Some boyfriends who were high, who were highly vulnerable men became prostitutes while in volatile relationships with Port. Oh. Yeah, I know we jumped, we really jumped there, didn't oh. we? Okay. So he had boyfriends mm-hmm. that became prostitutes because of him, or what? Yeah. So he would go on like tin oh not Tinder, Grinder mm-hmm. and the site called like Fit Lads and <laughs> I know. So on the nose. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder what this is about. Um and he would just like, you know, he would like look for like insecure, vulnerable mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. and he would like badger them into being sex workers. Boyfriends were advertised on escort sites with Port's phone number as the contact. In early 2012, a student in his late teens spent a night with Port after they met on Grinder. Grinder. <laughs> Grinder. Like, you just made up a new app. It's like Tinder and Grinder yeah. together. Grinder. It is like Tinder and Grinder. Yeah. Grinder. <laughs> Grinder. Just everybody come on it. Everybody is welcome. His first impressions after being collected at Barking Station was that Port was was quite polite, friendly, nothing that would ring any alarm bells to me. At the flat, Port put on an animated film and offered a small glass of red wine that tasted bitter, which I attributed to being cheap. After drinking the wine, the student noticed a sludge in the bottom of the glass. No! He quickly felt very dizzy and tired. Port suggested he go 
He'd go lie down in the bedroom, which he did alone and immediately fell asleep until he woke up. Oh, God. Port was raping him. After about a minute, he fell unconscious again. He woke in the morning feeling disorientated. Port drove him to the station and spoke as if nothing had happened. The man was too scared to say anything about the previous night. That's awful. It just makes me really angry because can't you just be normal and just have a normal encounter? Like, you have the person in your apartment. You don't need to date rape that, you know? Like, the date rape is clearly part of his turn on. Just annoys me. So... We're jumping to 2014. Okay, so that was 2012, right. so it's two years later. Two years later, okay. um, and it's another guy who has came forward. Another man, a Muslim in his early 20s, who had never consumed alcohol or drugs, oh, met bless. Port and went back to his flat on five occasions. And on the fifth occasion, Port plied him with drugs. Mm. Port gave the man poppers, which is legal. Mm -hmm. But after a couple of minutes, the young man fell asleep. When he woke, Port gave him a glass of clear liquid, saying it was water. Oh, God. As soon as I drank it, I went unconscious, the young man said. The next thing I remember, I was on the floor screaming and shouting. It was like I was going mad. Oh, God. The man's underwear had been removed. Panic set in. So Port helped him to the barking station. He was kind of dragging me along and holding me up. Soon the police and an ambulance was called, but the young Muslim man did not want to involve the police out of fear his parents would discover his sexuality. Mm, Port was worried and jittery, according to the police at the scene. He claimed the young man had arrived at his flat in that state and he was merely taking him home. As there was no allegations of an offence, both men were allowed to leave. So it's June 2014. It is just after the time he assaulted the Muslim man. Anthony Walgate was studying to be a fashion designer at the University of Middlesex. At 4.20 on Thursday, the 19th of June 2014, the ambulance service received a call to report the incident, an incident on Cook Street barking. There's a young boy. Looks like he's collapsed outside. He could have had a seizure or something or just drunk, the caller said. Paramedics and police officers found a young man sitting against a wall. He was dead. Oh, God. His bag held a dark brown bottle containing a small amount of liquid and his mobile phone was missing. There were no signs of struggle or injury, but the police noticed that the man's top was pulled up as if he'd been dragged. The nearest CCTV camera on a roundabout was found to be faulty. Ugh. Police found the 999 call had been made by Stephen Port. After meeting his flatmate outside, police entered to find Port asleep in his bed. So he called the police and then went to bed. Why did he do that? Port told police he had come home at 4am after a night shift to find a man lying in front of his door and tried to rouse him by slapping his face. He said the man made a gurgling noise. Propping the man against a wall, he called an ambulance before going indoors and falling asleep. The student had been occasionally escorting since 2012. Taking usual precautions, he had told his friends about a job in Barking and shown them a picture of the man he was going to meet. When officers discovered the man was Port, they arrested him on the 26th of June on suspicion of perverting the course of justice, lies in his statement, and he was suspected of taking Walgate's phone. Mm -hmm. 
After two days of interviews, Port asked detectives, can't I just say for the scenario, if it was an accident and if he did have a fit in my place, is that still my fault? Port eventually changed his story to this, saying Walgate was on drugs and after having sex twice, went to sleep in his clothes and shoes, so Port went to bed too. Port then went to work the next day, came back and Walgate was still there asleep. So Port got into bed. He could feel that Walgate was rigid. Panicked, he dragged his body outside Ugh. and called the police said that he found him like that. Police searched Port's flat and seized a laptop computer. Police did not examine the computer seized from Stephen Port. If they had, they would have found alarming evidence. Port assessed Walgate's escort profile and within minutes he had conducted a series of searches on Google and pornography websites. A few of the searches he used that day were sleeping boy, unconscious boys, drugged and rape, taking date rape drug, gay teen knocked out raped, and guy raped and tortured young nude boy. Okay. Walgate's blood and urine sample showed levels of the drug GHB associated with fatal overdoses. The case was never treated as a murder. What? Port made bail. On the morning of August 28, 2014, while walking her dog, Barbara Denham found the body of a young man in an upright position in the southwest corner of St. Margaret's graveyard. It was the body of 22-year-old Gabriel Covari. Just over three weeks later, on the 20th of September... Denham was again walking her dog and found another body on the same spot. It was Daniel Whitworth, 21. While on bail for perverting the course of justice, Stephen Port had killed both men. Oh my God. So Gabriel Kovari was Slovakian who came to London in spring 2014. He struggled to find a stable place to live until he met John Pape. After several weeks with Pape, Kovari announced he had found a room to rent in Barking. In August, Kavari moved out. On the day he moved out, Kavari had messaged another friend with a Google map pinpointing the location of his new home, Cook Street Barking. Who lives on Cook Street? Mm-hmm. Stephen Port. Mm-hmm. When Kavari's body was found on the 28th of August, he was wearing sunglasses. His clothing was pulled up to reveal his midriff, just as Anthony Walgates had been. Weird. John Pape, Kavari's ex-flatmate, and Thierry Amido, Kavari's ex-boyfriend, were contacted and informed of his death by police. They were both suspicious and started their own investigating, <gasps> finding the similar death of Walgate a few months prior. Yeah. So in September, Amido, the ex, messaged someone called John Luck after noticing John had just started following Kavari on Facebook. Mm-hmm. John expressed surprise on hearing Kavari had died and said they had spent two nights together around August 22nd. Hmm. He said Kavari had been collected from his home by an older Irish man called Tony. Mm-hmm. And Tony had said, Gabe went to a party with some guy called Dan. The following morning, John made a telling suggestion. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dan knew what happened to Gabe and could not life with the guilt or something like that. That was a text, was it? I think it's over Facebook Messenger. Okay. So John is like, this guy called Tony took him from me and then Dan took him from Tony. Mm -hmm. So maybe Dan knows what Mm -hmm. happened to to Gabriel Cavari. Yeah. 
Had the police traced the person behind the John Luck Facebook account, they would have found... <gasps> Stephen Porter. Stephen Port. Port, yeah. sorry, not Porter. The Dan, whose death was linked to Gabriel Cavari, was 22-year-old Daniel Whitworth. Whitworth's body was found on the same spot as Cavari's, only hours after John Luck had first mentioned Dan. He was sitting against the graveyard wall on top of a blue bedsheet. The clothing on the top half of his body exposed his stomach again like he had been dragged. His mobile phone was missing and later tests showed that a small brown bottle found on his body contained GBH or GHB. Really stupid to leave that bottle with him. I knew that's what was in that bottle. Right? Yeah. His left hand contained an apparent suicide note. It claimed responsibility for the death of Gabriel. Okay, I wasn't going to read it, mm-hmm. but it is so, this is like so obviously not a suicide note. I love so, suicide notes that are really crap. Oh, uh, so fake. This is the suicide note. Mm-hmm. I am sorry to everyone, mainly my family, but I can't go on anymore. I took the life of my friend, we was just having some fun at a mate's place and I got carried away and gave him another shot of G. I didn't notice while we was having sex that he had stopped breathing. I tried everything to get him to breathe again, but it was too late. It was an accident, but I blame myself for what happened, and I didn't tell my family I went out. I know I would go to prison if I go to the police, and I can't do that to my family. And at least this way, I can at least be with Gabriel again, I hope he will forgive me. By the way, please do not blame the guy I was with last night. We only had sex, then I left. He knows nothing of what I have done. I have taken what G I have left with sleeping pills, so if it does kill me, it's what I deserve. Feeling dizzy now, as took ten minutes ago, so hoping you understand my writing. I dropped my phone on way here, so it should be in the grass somewhere. Sorry to everyone. Love always, Daniel P.W. So convoluted. What? Yeah. I dropped my phone as if in a suicide note you'd include where you left your phone. Yeah. Yeah, very bizarre. Those who knew Whitworth were appalled at the suggestion that he had killed someone and they did not believe he had been suicidal. But the police, despite again seeking advice from a homicide assessment team, deemed the death to be non-suspicious and accepted the note as face value. Oh my gosh. People always mention their mobile phones in the suicide note. (laughs) The prosecution told Port's eventual trial that detectives neither fully investigated Whitworth's movements in the hours before his death, nor tried to find the person referred to in his notes as the guy I was with last night. Mm -hmm. Why would you mention the guy you were with last night if he has nothing to do with it? Yeah. No, no, it it just completely points to us. Yeah. Ah! It's, yeah. Yeah. Had they done so, it would have led them straight to Stephen Port. You know, Port's they had DNA. so many chances. Yeah. 
Port's DNA was on the blue bed sheet on Whitworth's body. It was his bed sheet and on his clothes. Port's DNA was on the sleeve that the note was found in. He picked (laughs) up his hand. Everywhere. Everywhere. And did they have Stephen's DNA on file at this point? Yeah, that's yeah. next sentence. That's and what I thought. Yeah. They already had his yeah, DNA. Because they'd already taken it by that point. Yeah, because yeah, he had been arrested for like Walgate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just suspicious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. This has happened before where people have blamed suicide. You know, it's, this isn't the first time that this has been pulled off of somebody setting up a crime and a suicide. It's not the first time. He just wrapped up a neat little package for them and they were just like, thank you very much. That's less work for us. So he was arrested for perverting the course of justice. Then he was let out on bail until his court hearing. Then mm-hmm. while he was on bail, he mm-hmm. killed mm-hmm. Gabriel Cavari and Daniel Whitworth. Mm-hmm. And then he went and got sentenced to prison. It's like he needed to get in those kills before he went away. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, while he was in prison, they had his DNA. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. He was released in June 2015 after serving about two months. Two months. Well, oh, so frustrating because they had him. Jack Taylor was a 25-year-old from Dagenham. Taylor had several girlfriends and was not openly gay, but he used the dating app Grinder. Taylor left a local nightclub after a night of drinking and went home. And before two contacted Stephen Port on Grinder. Grinder. <laughs> they decided to meet at three a.m. Yeah, just that sounds exhausting. At uh, that double life, like wow. Within thirty-six hours, he was found dead. His body was propped against the the other side of the graveyard wall from the spot where Gabriel Cavari and Daniel Whitworth were found, yards away from Stephen Cook's flat, where Walgate Walgate died outside his flat. Yeah, I mean, all this shit happening all around him. His shirt was pulled up over his belly. No mobile phone was present. A syringe was in one pocket and a small brown bottle in the other. Police did not regard the death as suspicious oh, and seemingly treated it as a self-inflicted overdose. Okay. Yep. The Taylor family did not accept the conclusion. They say they weren't contacted by police for nearly two weeks. Taylor's sister recalls, I think it was more there's another young boy, a druggie, I don't really think they cared at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming across. The family began their own investigation. The Taylor family, they found the other men who died in the same way, the same overdosing, the same place. They were both all gay, all the same age. While at the police station, they were told that CCTV footage existed of Jack Taylor walking down the street with a man... <gasps> In the early hours before his death. So the sisters were like, Taylor's sisters were like, you need to put this like out to the media. There's no way that my brother killed himself. In October 2015, the Met issued the CCTV footage. Police received several calls, but it was actually a police officer who realized the man in the video was someone they already knew. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. On the 15th of October 2015, Port was arrested at his flat on suspicion of causing the deaths of four young men, 
Port was interviewed over the following four days. His story about the death of Anthony Walgate was broadly repeated. He denied knowing the other dead men or ever using GHB. Port denied any further knowledge of Whitworth and the suicide note. On the 18th of October 2015, Port was charged with four counts of murder. Media coverage of his arrest brought eight men forward who described being drugged or raped <gasps> after meeting him online. Wow, it's a lot of people. The men's accounts were all similar. Port spiked their drinks or injected them with a small syringe. At his eventual trial, Port was convicted of a string of sexual offences against seven of the men, including four counts of rape. A handwriting expert compared the suicide note with a sample of Daniel Whitworth's writing and confirmed he was not the author. Yeah, I was thinking of that at the time. You know, it's really ballsy to write a note on behalf of someone else. You don't know how they speak. You don't know, are they dyslexic? You know, maybe, you know. Um, The police, whenever they got the suicide note, they sent snippets of Mm. the note small sections of the note to his parents and said does this look like his handwriting and they were like oh I don't know like who said like I don't know what your handwriting looks like no that would be quite an old-fashioned thing to know what someone's handwriting looks like to me it's more you would need to see the full thing and read it the whole way through does that sound like that person do they use those type of words the, the longer hunter. the note is, yeah, it's it's exactly like that. I mean, the longer the note is, the more you have to to point things out. If it's a really super short note, then you're screwed, you know. But it's not, it was quite a long note. What was that called? Like, linguistic fingerprint or linguistic, linguistic analysis? forensics? The paper on which it was written, and even the plastic sleeve in which it had been placed, were from Port's flat. Oh my god! Oh my god! key items were covered in Port's DNA including the blue sheet found on Daniel Whitworth. It was from Port's own bed. He was even lazy. He wasn't even a good murderer, yeah. The most incompetent police officers. I don't know if it's even incompetence. It sounds like just not caring. It's it's a bit like Jack the Ripper and the prostitutes. It's like, well you know. Police traced Tony, who turned out to be real, uh, mm-hmm. who John Luck had linked to Gabriel Cavari and Daniel Whitworth, but found he had never even met Port nor any of the dead men. So this poor guy, Tony, was just like pulled into it. Oh, God. Yeah, what a dick. A mobile phone Port had once owned was found to contain 83 homemade sex videos, including clips of him, ha- him and others having sex with an unconscious man. Oh, dear God. The toupee he had worn for over a decade was gone. Stop. Okay. The toupee is just too far. This guy's like mugshot. He has like got this dome and he's got like cross-eyed but looking up cross-eyed. Oh, I just watched Star Wars. He looks a little bit like Kylo Ren. Weird. He looks quite like him. I have cut out a lot from this episode. There is like basically like a book on the BBC News. Mm Mm-hmm. BBC is making a mini drama. And they make very good shows. Like they will they will do it justice, I would say. And it is Stephen Merchant is playing Stephen Port. Is that who I'm thinking of? The really tall Welsh guy who's friends with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. I don't want him to play, know, play like- him because he's so lovely. I he I can see the similarities though. What? 
between like physical similarities. Oh, right. Because he's like tall and skinny and fair mm-hmm. hair. And kind of gingery fair hair. Yeah, that was crazy. Can't believe we didn't know about that. I know. Can't wait for the miniseries. I think it'll be really good and hopefully shine a light on the prejudices. Slan uh, well, you guys. Bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.